Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on Sunday, December 4th, 2022. And one type of those are those who forget to turn their mic on. And, 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 but I want to talk to you about three kinds of people. And Jesus regularly dealt with all three. He instructed some. He debated with some. He denounced some. And he challenged some, depending on which of the three that he was dealing with. And these same types of people exist, I believe, in every church and every synagogue, even today. And I'm almost certain that all three types of these people are here today. There are the critics, there is the crowd, and then there are those who are genuine believers in and followers of Jesus. And I want to ask you today, and I want you to define yourself, which of those camps are you in? Now forget about others. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, and I want you to be able to define yourself, know which camp you're in, and if you don't like what it turns out to be, then do what Jesus challenges you to do in today's passage, and that is become a follower, a disciple of Jesus. A big part of the challenge of preaching is to get you to think about you. Most church people are way too good at evaluating and even judging others. So forget about the people around you right now. Because I know what happens when I describe people. Oftentimes we think something like this, oh, I get it now, I know you. You're a critic. I mean, you love religion and you love the law, but you have some serious reservations about some of the things that Jesus said, especially those things about love and forgiveness and turning the other cheek. Forget about others. Because I know sometimes we'll think of others, oh, he's just part of the crowd. He just comes to church because it's the thing to do and he has a little bit of fun while he's here, but he's not really all that serious about Jesus It's easy to evaluate and judge others. What Jesus was really good at, and especially in this passage today with some very tough words, was getting us to take a look at ourselves. Who are we? Am I a critic? Am I just part of the crowd that enjoys coming to church? Or am I really a disciple of Jesus? So I want you to think about them, and and I'll tell you ahead of time, these are very tough words that Jesus gave us today. If they don't hit you hard, then you're either not paying attention or or you're just letting it go right over your head. Because some of the things Jesus said today among the toughest words he ever gave anyone. And he was giving them to us, to his disciples. So I want you to seriously think about it. Luke 14, verses 25 through 35. Let's stand together as we read and listen to these words. Luke 14, beginning with verse 25. Large crowds traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. 
Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You may be seated. Now, these words are tough. They are meant to shake us up. And if they didn't shake you up, then you probably either weren't listening or you're just so used to being in church that they just kind of go right over your head. Listen to the toughest words again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Now, those are tough words because I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And yet, I love my dad, who is now with Jesus in heaven. And I love my mom, who is here with us today. And I love my wife. She is far and away my favorite person here on earth. And I love my nine children, and I love my nine grandchildren. I love my brother in Tucson and my sister in heaven. And I love my own life and this great adventure of life. So what does Jesus mean? If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such person cannot be my disciple. Now, to understand any passage of Scripture, we must understand the context. And in chapter 14, Jesus was challenging two types of people. The critics, the Pharisees, that we looked at last week, they were very religious, but they didn't follow Jesus. And now he was challenging the crowd, the thousands of people who flocked to him and followed behind him as he went from place to place. And they loved what he was doing, especially the miracles. But what Jesus was doing was saying, listen, I don't need critics and I don't want just a crowd. I want real disciples, people who will follow me above all else. So before we look at his words about discipleship, I want you to understand where the critics stood, and I want you to understand what he was saying about the crowd. For these two groups of people still exist in large numbers today. So let's start with the critics. We looked at them last week, the Pharisees. The critics loved laws and religion, and they went to synagogue and the temple, but they found fault with Jesus and made no commitment to him. Don't think of the critics as outsiders. They were the ultimate insiders when it came to religion and synagogue. They went to synagogue religiously. They occupied the leadership positions. They loved and memorized the Old Testament laws and were zealous in applying them to themselves and especially in applying the laws to others. 
but they viewed Jesus as crazy because he didn't follow their laws in their way. He healed on the Sabbath. He washed his hands, but didn't do it in the ceremonial way. He cared about and hung out with sinners and tax collectors. He willingly and easily forgave prostitutes and adulterers and thieves. He loved Samaritans and Greeks, even those who were of other faiths, because he loved people even more than he loved the law. So let me update it today, because I want you to understand, critics still exist, and they come to church. Today's critics are law and order people, religious people. But they find fault with some of Jesus' words, and they make no real commitment to him. They go to church religiously and sometimes even accept positions of leadership in the church. They memorize the Bible and are zealous in applying it to themselves and to others. But they miss the whole point. Like the Pharisees, they are much more comfortable with the Old Testament, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, than they are for loving, forgiving, and turning the other cheek. They love laws, but not people, unless those people are in their own circle. They are likely to hold grudges and judge people who don't have the same skin color, the same citizenship, or the same denomination and faith. They are extremely religious, but they have major issues with the teachings of Jesus, especially those related to loving and forgiving. So they are critics. They love religion, but they've never made a full 100% commitment to Jesus. Now the crowds were a different group of people altogether. They loved the excitement of following Jesus. They loved the miracles. They loved the food. They loved the teaching. But they made no real commitment to him. So understand what happened for much of Jesus' ministry. Hundreds and thousands of people followed Jesus from town to town, and they loved it. I mean, who wouldn't love going to a town and seeing sick people healed? Who, who wouldn't love having food given to them? They ate the food when Jesus took two tacos and a bag of Doritos and fed 5,000 people with it. Okay, that was a rough paraphrase. I think it was two fish tacos and five tortillas or, or something like that. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy that? He was an exciting teacher who could hold the attention of anyone from 5 to 95 using humor and parables and easy-to-understand stories and incredibly powerful words. They loved the experience of being part of the crowd. But they'd made no real commitment to Jesus. So let me update it, because we have these same kinds of people today. Today's crowd loves the excitement of church life, the music, the fellowship, the meals, the friendship, the traditions, the speakers, and the fun, but make no real personal commitment to Jesus. Now, I'm not opposed to any of those things. I, I love the excitement of church life. I love the music and the fellowship and the friendship and the tradition and, and all the events that we have. I'm not opposed to those things, but we're in danger just like what happened in Jesus' day 
of making it all about the experience. We're turning out fewer disciples and more church connoisseurs. I'm going to go where I can find the right music, my kind of music. I'm going to go where I can find the right classes, the right architecture. I'm going to go where I can find orange carpet. I know that's why you're all here. I'm going to go where I can find the right atmosphere. I'm going to go where I can find the right speaker, and I'm going to go where they let me out on time. We become church connoisseurs, part of the crowd, and what Jesus did with these tough words is say, look, critics, I don't need you. Crowd, I want more from you. I want you to be my disciples. And so Jesus said to them, to both groups, you want to be my disciples? Here's what that means. And so he shared what he said were true of real disciples. He said, real disciples love me more than anything else. Real disciples love Jesus more than they love anything else. The strong words, hate father and mother and wife and children, are designed to get our attention. What Jesus meant was simple but powerful. And you don't hear these things much today because we're often too concerned with just attracting the crowd. But Jesus said, listen, if you want to be my disciple, you must love me more than anything else in life. You must make a commitment to me that is deeper than anything else in your life. To me, my disciple, you must have passion for me that is greater than any other passion in your life. Jesus was saying, hey, if I'm just one of your life priorities, then you're not my disciple. If I'm number two, number three, number four, number five on your list, I might as well be number 47. If you want to be my disciple, I must be your ultimate priority, your deepest love, and your greatest commitment. These were tough words. Because following Jesus is much deeper than just coming to church for the experience. You're all in or you're not. So Jesus said, you must love me more than anything else. Number two, you want to be my disciples? Real disciples will face any hardship and even death for Jesus. He said, real disciples take up their cross. And I want you to remember what a cross was in Jesus' day. It was an instrument of torture and death. It was the Roman way of execution. Incredibly painful. It usually lasted multiple days. And it was very well known and feared by the Jews. And Jesus said, you want to follow me? You must be willing to take up your cross. In Jesus' day, a cross was not a symbol on a steeple. It was not wood or gold or silver that hung around your neck. It was ugly and horrible. And if you want to be my disciple, Jesus said, you must be willing to take up any hardship and even be willing to die for the right to be one of mine. Do you all know the story of the 40 martyrs? This 6th century artwork in Rome 
still exists today. It's just barely legible. But it tells the story of the 40 martyrs, as does this 10th century ivory relief icon. The year 320 A.D., an elite Roman legion, the toughest of the tough. They were known as the Thundering Legion. They were stationed in what is now modern Turkey. By order of Emperor Licinius, who hated Christians and had killed thousands of them, all soldiers were told that they had to sacrifice to the emperor. Forty from this legion refused to do so. Their allegiance was to Christ, and though they were great soldiers and had made the elite of the elite, they refused to sacrifice to anyone else. The commander had them whipped. None recanted Jesus. He had them whipped with big hooks that tore flesh from their sides. None recanted Jesus. So he devised a horrible death for them. It was bitterly cold in the dead of winter, and outside their camp was a frozen pond. He made all 40 of the men strip completely naked and go out on the pond, and they were told, there you will freeze to death unless you recant and sacrifice to the emperor. To make things even more tempting, he put up a warming hut and a bath with a large fire right on the side. The guard, who was to watch him all night long, was amazed as they stood there, because they weren't allowed to, to, to sit or lay down, and it was ice, as they stood there shivering. He had been told about Jesus, but had never made the commitment himself. And he was amazed at them, and he began to hum a well-known tune. A well-known tune, and by the way, this song is still sung today. You can look it up on YouTube. Forty brave soldiers for Jesus. Forty brave soldiers for Christ. And he watched them all night long. Towards morning, one of the forty couldn't take it anymore ran to the warming hut, renouncing Jesus and getting warm. The guard changed the words. 39 soldiers for Jesus. 39 soldiers for Christ. But something happened in his heart because he'd been told about Jesus. And at that moment, he put his faith in Jesus and he took off his armor and he took off his clothes and he ran out to join the 39 seeking 40 brave soldiers for Jesus, 40 brave soldiers for Christ, all 40 of them including the guard died that night. They were disciples. Today. I talk to people who have given up on Jesus because of a little hardship in their lives. 
because someone in the church didn't treat them right. Because of what they perceive as unanswered prayer. What Jesus was saying to the crowd and to the critics, listen, real disciples will face any hardship and even death for Jesus. And then number three, real disciples have counted the cost and will pay the price. And so he asked them these questions. Do you build a tower before figuring out the cost so you can finish what you started? There was an old building near where I used to live in Mojave County. It was right across the Colorado River in Laughlin. And a company had put up the steel structure about eight stories high and ran out of money and ran out of financing. And it was just left there for at least 10 years that I know of. A steel structure and that was all. Jesus saying, do you really do that? Or before you build, do you sit down and work out the spreadsheet and add up the costs so that if you're in, you can finish? He said, listen, if you're going to follow me, figure out ahead of time that you're in for life. Do you go to war without counting your troops and estimating your chances? No. You decide ahead of time, can I win this war? Do I have enough troops or do I need to sue for peace? So here's what Jesus is saying. Listen, being my disciple is a very serious thing. You want to be my disciple, you better count the cost. You're going to have to make some changes in your life. You're going to need to repent of your sins. You're going to have to come up with new habits, new priorities. You're going to have to take my words seriously and start living a life of love and forgiveness and commitment. If you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you. Are you willing to pay that price? It wasn't long after he spoke those words that he gave his life for us. But he left us with the thought. And we don't take it seriously much in America because it hasn't happened to us but it still happens around the world. It's possible that you might have to die for me. Are you willing to do so? Now, I know this is a very serious message, but these are very serious words that Jesus gave. And then he closed with a warning. He said, unsalty salt is worthless. So as Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Good question. What good is unsalty salt? We are called to be the salt and light of the world, but if we aren't, what good are we? Unsalty salt. Salt that has been so old and reused time after time to cure meat became so heavily laden with impurities that it was no longer any good, but there was nothing much you could do with it at all. You couldn't take it out and throw it on the soil because then you couldn't grow anything on the soil. The salt will kill it. 
You couldn't throw it in the, the manure pile in the septic tank because then it won't decompose like it's supposed to and you won't be able to use that for fertilizer. What good is unsalty salt? It's worthless, Jesus said. So what he's communicating is, you're going to follow me. You better do it all the way. 100%. Top of the list. Number one priority. Unsalty salt is worthless. So Jesus said something that he said often when he was making a serious point. So if you have ears, listen up. I don't need critics. And I don't want just a crowd. I want real disciples. And so he turned and looked at the crowd. Are you with me? And he's saying to you today, are you with me? Is it all the way? So here's what I'm asking today. Two things. Describe which group best describes you. Are you a critic? I mean, you love religion and you love, you know, all is about it, but you, you hold some serious reservations back. I'm not sure about this love thing. There are certain people I, I just can't love. And this forgiving thing, there are just some people I, I can't forgive. And this turning the other cheek, no way. And all the other tough things that Jesus said. If you begin to criticize them and hold back on some of them, you're not really a disciple of Jesus. Or are you just part of the crowd? Hey, I just come because it's the thing to do. That's what my mama taught me. Go to church on Sunday morning. So I go to church on Sunday morning. That's what my daddy told me to do. So, so I'm doing it. Or are you a real and genuine 100% all the way in disciple of Jesus? Decide which camp you're in. And by the way, you can change teams. Critic can decide, I'm going to follow everything Jesus said. Part of the crowd can say, no, as of today, I'm going to make a decision to be a disciple. So number two, count the cost. If you were called upon to freeze naked on a pond over Camp Jesus, which would you do? I've often wondered about me because I've never been asked to pay that price. But I hope and pray and fully intend to be among those who would never turn my back on Jesus, no matter how hard it got. And so I think through this often, whenever I come to a passage like this, have I counted the cost? Am I in or am I out? The way Jesus was saying it, there really is no middle ground. And so I'm challenging you today not just to be a church attender, not just to be a church member, but to jump in with both feet. I will follow Jesus no matter what. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.